Mama Show. Hi, this is Rachel. And Natalie. And we are the sisters that bring you Insta Mamas. The podcast where we talk everything from foster care to adoption to healthy, clean living, motherhood, and everything in between. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening to the first half of this half of this episode. If you haven't gone and done that, the second half will not make a lot of sense. So go back and listen to that one. Um, we're just talking about our gotcha day stories, Rachel and I, for our daughters. So we're going to finish up our India story here on the second half of this podcast episode. So thanks for tuning in and thanks for listening. But now you guys have been home, Natalie, and you've had to hit the ground running Zach didn't even take any time off. He went right back to work the day after you got back from well, India. Well, you know, we... Like, the next day. This is where I believe everything happens for a reason. We spent the next month in India fighting for custody of our daughter. We That's the difference is when we got... Um, once we signed the paperwork to adopt her a year ago, we were her legal guardians. And we could have moved to India and had her live with us but obviously we didn't have money to do that for a year (laughs) until the court date so legally we were her guardians and we were we were paying an orphanage to to be her guardians i guess yeah we were her parents at that point and then when you do the court date then you become legally the parents not just guardians and um we on november 20th we became her legal parents but we didn't get custody of her till November 27th. And we'd been fighting since November 2nd to become her, to get custody of her. Mm-hmm. But there were just local officials and local things happening that kept her from us. And also we were only supposed to be in country for three weeks. We were in country for six weeks. And it was a very long, very difficult being apart from her. And I, I was crying out to God and I was so angry. I'm like, why isn't this working? Why can't we be her parents? And, um, God had a plan, and there was some things going on at her second orphanage that we, her first orphanage, they took amazing care of her. She was loved. She was, she was being, you know, doted on. You could tell the caregivers just loved her. She had actually started walking, and then in her second orphanage, she she was probably depressed because she missed her caregivers. She lost the ability to walk. Um, she was just laying in a crib all day long. She was after that first initial holding where she was just being holding on to me for dear life. After that, she kind of turned into this little floppy fish. And and so we're like... Well, that must have been so hard to see. It was really hard to have her staying in that orphanage when we knew her quality of care wasn't as good as the other one. And But God had a plan. I finally got the hold of a number of a guy who runs all of child welfare for this, like the area. And we'd been working with like his like underling and the guy was not being helpful and he's like kept making all these excuses and wasn't and wouldn't answer his phone and I would call and call and call and call and um and finally our agency was like call this guy be emotional be yourself you don't have to hold it back anymore it's time to fight because they'd been telling us you know be respectful don't cry don't get emotional but finally our, our agent who's Indian herself she was like Natalie, enough time has passed. You've done the fighting the, the this way. Now you're going to do it mama bear style. And so I got on the phone. I'm crying to this guy. He's like, what's your daughter's name? The guy I'm on the phone with has the same name as our daughter, the male version of it. Mm-hmm. And he said, I've taken a special interest in your case. I'm going to make sure you get your daughter tomorrow. And I said, I said, People have been telling me tomorrow for a month. Yes, tomorrow. Every day you were told. I'd text you every night and be like, Serbia, tomorrow, tomorrow, and tomorrow. And that's, that's a cultural thing. People don't like to displease other people in India, so they 
they kept telling me tomorrow because that's what I wanted to hear. And, you know, and it's it wasn't like one person's fault. It was just a lot of red tape. And so, but this man was a powerful man and he said it was going to happen tomorrow. I said, can you please promise me? I've been away from my daughter for too long. And he said, uh, he said, tomorrow I'm going to make it happen. Call me in the morning. Tell me. So the next day I call him crying again and he's like, well, here's the really frustrating part. Our phones were not working very well in India and we didn't have internet. And so I had to make these calls in the lobby in front of everybody. And so I'm crying my heart out to this guy I've never met. You're like, and, oh, crazy white lady. <laughs> yeah. And everyone in the lobby is staring at me. And I'm just like, I don't care. If I have to rip my own hair out in the street to get my baby back, that's what's going to happen. And that's... You know, people say, well, when did you feel like a mom? And I felt like a mom for a long time, even long before this India trip. But when I, something clicked in me and it was kind of scary that I was literally willing to do anything for my child. And mm, that's when mm -hmm. I knew. And so we went to our agency. We were filling out all these paperwork. We got in a taxi. We still don't know what's going on because no one speaks English. Um, and so, except for this official guy, but he was, I was only talking to him on the phone every once in a while. And But our agency's like, we're getting it done. We're, we're calling the right people and we're in a taxi. We go to this like government building and a guy comes out the back and stamps something. I mean, it was so not how we do things in America and then we're on a two-hour taxi ride and we show up and this official who his job is not to go to the orphanages and by this point it was almost eight o'clock at night he came to the orphanage to make sure it happened wow and so that's like unheard of yeah he's that's he's, like Devon and your rich and Rutler well and the fact that he has the same name as Serby mm -hmm. and, and the male version he said our name means fragrance and I said, I know this is my baby. Anyway, she came to me again. Then she wouldn't let Zach hold her. He should only let me hold her at that point. But she just, uh, just clung to us, and um, she was scared. I could tell she was, you know. But um, I don't know if she knew me because she'd seen pictures and heard our voices on a recording, but or if she just sensed that I was there to take care of you her. You know what though? I think like just on some supernatural, spiritual level. I think they know when you're their mom. Because when I picked Ariana up from her first foster home, she had already come to our house because she had been transitioning. But then that time when I picked her up for the last time and I was actually bringing her home to live with us, that night I held her and she just like looked up at me and I looked down at her and we just stared at each other for hours. And she has never let me hold her like that ever again. It's like a quick kick, one kiss, one hug, and she's one off kick. doing... Yeah, <laughs> one kick, yeah, usually. One kiss, one hug, she's off doing her own thing. And sometimes I'll be like, I want a kiss. And she'll be like, no, you can't have one. Like, she don't tell me, no, you can't have one. But that night, she just, like, stared at me with her little chubby cheeks and her little smile. And so I feel like she knew that I was her mom. She didn't have trouble transitioning from the other foster home. And that other foster home, those parents are were awesome and took such good care of her. Yeah, One of the best people. foster parents. I've had other kids that transitioned from them into my home. Mm -hmm. Great foster parents. Gave her the beautiful start in life. But she did not have... And they were worried about that. Like, well, if she has trouble transitioning, maybe... You know, she didn't have... Any trouble. Mom. It's like she knew I was her one, mother. The interpreter told us that people, all the like caregivers kept like, one of them started crying and, and then one of them was looking around and they were all staring at us and she said, they, 
they they think Serbi knows she, that's your her mom. That's what they said. Oh, you didn't tell me that. Mm-hmm. Jordi's over here doing acrobatics. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> she, she's a little acrobat. Well, we're like almost in, uh, fifty minutes into this, but are you serious? Well, we're probably gonna do a two part, but okay. Um, but she. <laughs> Yeah, so, and one thing I forgot to mention earlier is the first time we left, so this this had been three weeks between meeting her for the first time, and we couldn't just travel to this little village to see her whenever we wanted. First of all, we couldn't have found it if, if we wanted to because it didn't really have an address. We had to have a guy on a motorcycle meet us at the main road and show us where it was, and at one point our taxi couldn't even get through the alleyway without getting out and moving a motorcycle that was parked on the side. So, I mean, it was so and small. And dangerous. Like, yeah. it was just, anytime you went out and traveled in that area, it was dangerous. Yeah, we had to have interpreter and, and, and someone who knew how to get us where we needed to go. And so, um, the there was three weeks in between, but when we left her the first time, which was Probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life was leave her in that orphanage. Mm. Her caregiver and I, we sat in the car and just held each other's hands and we cried the whole two hours back. But look at, like, it seems like you did a lot of crying. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) she did. I did a lot of crying here in America. I felt so connected to this woman that didn't speak any English. We didn't really know anything about each other. But in that moment, she was like the first... um, I mean, obviously, we know nothing about Serbi's biological family, and we, I think they loved her and took as good a care of her as they could, but I know this woman loved her and and was the first one of the first people in her life to really show her true love. And as weird as it is, we had this strange connection of, of humanity, and I just realized in that moment, like, we are not different. Isn't that beautiful? This woman and I, yeah. And she was crying, and I was crying. We were holding each other's hands, and Zach's sitting there like, just oh, dazed, geez. you know. But then three weeks later, that same caregiver got to come with us and have Serby leave with us. And um, she, for the two-hour car ride, just sat on her lap because they don't have car seats in India. Um, <laughs> so she sat on her lap and just, I told her the whole story of how Zachary and I met and just told her all about our families and how many aunties and uncles she had because I just wanted to keep talking because she was just looking at me. Like you said, she just looked up in my mm-hmm. face and just was mesmerized oh, that by moment it. is so wonderful when yeah. they just like look up at you so now you guys have been home for how long have you been home now seven weeks and what is just some fun i mean that this has been pretty heavy podcast because this is some pretty heavy stuff so i just want to hear some like fun that you've been having with your daughter <laughs> well it's crazy like you think that you know she comes home with us the first night it was like one in the morning before we got home she wouldn't even sleep in the bed with us. She just laid on the floor and fell asleep, and then we moved her into the bed. And then within days, she's trusting us and being held by us all the time. And we were making bounds, and there was this little floppy, couldn't like hold her own torso up to like, you know, she was walking within yeah two weeks and now she really likes the and now she can shut the door oh yeah (laughs) she shut the door she doesn't like doors to be open she likes to shut them she likes out of all the toys you have for her she likes the oatmeal container (laughs) yes she's like a little kitty cat empty oatmeal container that she rolls around the house giggling she laughs all the time oh gosh she has such a great laugh she loves spaghetti and meatballs like loves 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 it um she eats like crazy. She's gained five pounds. Gosh, she's like... Yeah, if anyone can so make healthy. a gang weight, it's us. <laughs> Ladina. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, you know, there was a lot of hard things. Like, we came home with a, um, 
both of us had a parasite and that we've been fighting that so that wasn't fun but on the airplane back i i was just zach's like you can't worry about it till we're there like just give it to god i'm worried about this 14 hour flight I'm thinking she's gonna be horrible. She was like the best kid on that flight. She just wanted to walk up the aisle and down the aisle and up the aisle and then she yeah, was see, like- when Ariana's on a plane, she wants to claw my eyes out, like literally. She's like a little Tasmanian devil. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, and I was so worried and every time she started to f- w- like um, fuss, we just gave her some rice doll, which is just this yellow curry and lentils and rice and that was like her only food she ate <laughs> while we were in mm-hmm. India. And uh, she just, Oh, and caring for the needs of a two-year-old in a hotel, whether you're in a foreign country or not, is so difficult. And so so that was probably really the hardest part about being in India was trying to meet her needs in a hotel room. Um, but yeah, so we, we've been just having a blast. Uh, she giggles and laughs, and every morning she crawls into my arms and just snuggles me for like... Um, five or ten minutes sometimes she just oh that's so sweet ariana wakes up and like headbutts me i know i waked (laughs) up very different kids (laughs) but okay even serby would not touch toys she wouldn't want to be around them and now she seeks them out and loves them she loves my ukulele she'll sit on my lap and just strum its Mm. its strings you know and uh the first month I saw so many parallels to my friends that gave birth like newborns, like just so many things like figuring out sleeping and, and I'm not saying having a three-year-old's way easier than having a newborn. No, it's not. I don't know. I'm sorry. I brought home babies coming off of drugs from the hospital (laughs) and they are easier than toddlers. Moms of newborns, let me just tell you, you soak in this moment because newborns, they sleep they all the time. They're so easy. They're contained. They don't run away from you. They are easy. Those toddler years are so I'm sorry to give some discouragement, but those toddler those toddler years will bring you to your knees in prayer. Well, that's one thing. I've never prayed so much in my entire life. Sorry. I feel like I pray. Don't cut all this out of the time. podcast. People need to know. <laughs> no, I know. And it's like everybody's story is hard. Like this okay, if you are a mom, you know. I was like, that is hard. Ariana, I was like, when she, Ariana was a newborn baby, I was like, she's going to be the best, sweetest baby. She sleeps through the night. She's so easy. Two years old hit. And I was like, oh my goodness. Am I going to live to see the light of day? She's like a little tornado. Like seriously, she comes to my house and it's wrecked one second later. I'm like, how did you even have time to do this? Like, oh my gosh. Well, and that's why I love Ariana being around Serby because, oh, here's a funny story. You should tell about the diddle diddle thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Serby doesn't have any language. She didn't speak Hindi and now she doesn't speak English, obviously. Um, but she has a lot of little things she says. So one of the first times Ariana came over, we said, Ariana, you need to talk really good. Uh, really well. That's good English. I know. <laughs> you need to talk really well when you're around Serby so she can learn English. And I don't think Serbia underst- or Ariana doesn't understand what English is. But I- anyways, so Ariana was trying to, but then you should finish the story. Oh, all right. well, Serbia always says, diddle, 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 diddle. That's one word that we can clearly hear her say. <laughs> yeah. And so we're, she's just going around saying, diddle, 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 diddle. And then you hear Ariana go, diddle, 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 diddle. <laughs> and I'm like, Ariana, you're supposed to teach her English, not like <laughs> learn her little baby gibberish. So they're, they've been talking to each other. They'll be like, diddle, diddle. Or certain people will sit on the ground and just go, ah, like make little noises. And Ariana will sit next to her and be like, ah, like make her noises. And we're like, Ariana, teach her to speak English. Like you speak English. Use your words. But when their developmental age, 
children don't necessarily play together at that point. They play near each other, but they, they're not quite developed enough to know how to play with one another. But Serbia was, Ariana is the first kid that Serbia actually Oh, and they were chasing age. each other in a little <laughs> loop. It was so cute. They kept chasing each other. So Serbia was chasing Ariana, and then Serbia tripped. And then Ariana caught up with her, and then Ariana was chasing her. It was just so And she kept cute. saying, tickle, tickle, tickle. And, and they were just it was, giggling. And we try to get this kind of stuff on video or on camera, but as soon no. as we pull out our phones, our kids are like, meh. I'm a grumpy baby. Yeah. But, you know, Rachel. I swear my kid likes me even though she's not smiling in any pictures. <laughs> Rachel and I have been praying for years for our children and... Uh, on Serbi's first birthday, we all went to the aquarium. And third birthday. Third first birthday. In first America. American birthday. Sorry, she's three. But Sorry, um, you know, you're her mom. <laughs> this is my own child. But sometimes <laughs> I'm like, what is her birthday? I don't. I've only been a mom. It's hard because I have a three year old, but I've really only been a mom for two months. So mm-hmm. I don't. Wait, when's her birthday? January. So we just had a birthday a couple weeks ago. But yeah, she. Uh, we were at the aquarium, and Rachel and I just kind of looked at each other and got teary eyed, and we're like. This is the dream. This This is is what we've always wanted. Yeah. And um, even that's like Serbi's out and about at this point in her development. Like, you know, when they first get home from the orphanage, a lot of kids are crying all the time and have a really hard time adjusting. They don't want to eat any new foods. They don't sleep through the night. That is not my experience at all. And Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit told us before we left, he said, you, uh, that Jeremiah about... um, Jeremiah 29.11? No, not the future one. Something is thirty-three, three or something like that. But the I'd future, have, I'd have to look it up. <laughs> but uh, something about like God was gonna fulfill the promises, and even more than you could have even imagined. And I feel like God's done that. He, we, India didn't go to plan at all. Nothing we thought was gonna happen happened the way it was going to. We were there twice as long. We we spent way more money than we planned on spending. Everything was way harder than we thought it would be. But our relationship with our daughter has been 10 times better than we thought it would be at this point. Mm-hmm. We, we thought we would still be working on bonding. We thought mm-hmm. she forces us to look into her eyes. Normally it's the other way around where you're trying to fight and mm-hmm. get eye contact. And, and she is just the sweetest, funniest, happy. She only cries when she's hungry, hurt. You know, the normal reasons why a baby cries. She's just, and it, she's happy. She's not catatonic. I, I feel like that second orphanage, she was... She was really struggling, and and um, I think one of the reasons that that important official that had the same name as her needed to see that orphanage. He needed to see how the children were being taken care of, and he needed to help change things. And I don't know all the reasons God put us through the difficult parts, but um, it was I would do it again. It was so mm-hmm. hard, and yeah. And what would you say to somebody who's right at the beginning of their journey? Because they might listen to this podcast and be like. I don't want to uh, do it. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Like, no way. First of all, God gives you your calling. Mm-hmm. It says somewhere in Ephesians something like, gosh, I'm really good at, like, paraphrasing the Bible, you guys. <laughs> but, um, but it says walk in, a, a, in your, your calling. You must knock on all your jewels and Awanas know, on I'm your really vest. I'm really bad at memorizing <laughs> stuff. But the, 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 the heart of the scripture is that we need mm-hmm. to walk in accordance to our calling in humility. Mm-hmm. And God, I realized I'm a very prideful person through this whole thing. And God has destroyed that in me in a good way and, and has made me humble and like a woman of prayer where prayer is the first thing I go to mm-hmm. instead of all my 
earthly wisdom and like I realized I was doing everything in my own power but when your power is completely stripped of you you have to rely on God I, this must be a season of growth in that area too because I've always been a prideful mom because I've raised 26 children I've gone to all the classes I studied early childhood education I had kids who were autistic I had teenagers that I brought home from rehab I've had babies coming off of stuff you know it's just so I was very prideful and thinking like the one thing I do good in my life is being a mom mm -hmm. and then I have this beautiful little girl Ariana and we hit the toddler years and I that has humbled me this season even though I've raised toddlers I've been raising toddlers for years but this season of raising toddlers has humbled me so much and also I do not like to ask for help it's just something in me that pride you know um well you're also a single mom and, you yeah you know, as a single mom different. you feel like you're being judged and you feel like you shouldn't ask for help because even though you need a lot of help but you feel like oh I need to prove to people I can do this on my own but there's nothing wrong with helping so I get I get that in a sense that pride like just needing to be humble all, all the time mm -hmm. but then also like when you're an adoptive mom too there's a judgment because your child does not behave like a child that's been with you since birth mm -hmm. there are some things that we're gonna have to work through I mean in the first seven weeks of her being here we have five different specialists. I mean, yeah. we, she's going to have to see so many doctors. That's, I mean, I guess it's kind of normal for a newborn to see the doctor a lot. But, I mean, Not it's just, that much. Yeah, it's just different. And, and it looks different. And also, people will be like, you know, you chose this. Like, we went out of our way to choose this. And while that yes. is true. That's hard when people say, you chose it. Even when I was a foster parent, and I'd have to say goodbye to a kid, or I'd be dealing with a difficult biological parent, and somebody would be like, well, you chose this. That's not a very helpful thing to say mm -hmm. because it's not even so much that you chose this this is a specific calling that you were walking in obedience with so for somebody to be like you chose this is not very helpful and most people i mean obviously there's like accidental children but i mean like <laughs> i guess that happens but i mean most people you see a mom at the grocery store with her biological children throwing a fit you don't walk up to them and be like Oh, you chose this. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, no one chooses the toddler years. But, you know. Okay, but the toddler years, I know I made it sound like daunting, but honestly, I love They're my daughter so too. They're silly. She's funny. Yeah. She's hilarious. She comes up with the funniest things. And walking, I love how she walking talks. Walking in the car this morning. Froggy! Froggy! But not saying Froggy out. Oh, yeah, she was saying Froggy, and Georgia had to very specifically be like, it's Froggy. Yeah, we have to, like, teach you enunciation <laughs> yeah. when you say certain words. But, I mean, it gave us a good laugh. At first, Georgia looked at me like, is that what oh, she's what saying? What is she saying? I'm like, no, she's saying Froggy. You're like, that's someone else's kid. Because <laughs> <laughs> the book Froggy, Froggy, oh. What Do You See? She loves that book, and so she's like, Froggy, what do you wear? Like, froggy. Well, right. and, you know, like, Serby does things like, um, she'll come around a corner and not expect to see me there. And then she'll just get really, like, so excited that I was there. And I'll be like, Serby. And then she'll run and, like, she can't even be picked up. She's shaking so much. She's, we say she's like a little puppy. Like, when she drinks her milk, it's like she's never had milk before in her entire life. Like, she has to drink it so fast. And she sounds like a little puppy when she drinks her milk. And, and just, you know, it it's true that children are a blessing. Like, and when you adopt a child in some ways, I can't speak to it because I've never had children the other way, but the work we had to do and the pain we had to suffer through 
for all moms, it's worth it. They, it's 100% worth it. 100% worth it. And I think about the hardest parts, I would do it again. The year of waiting was way harder than the six weeks in India, you mm-hmm. know, and and the week since we got back, she's grown in so many ways. And if I had to use one word to describe my daughter, it would be brave. Oh, yes. That she's is. so brave. Mm-hmm. She left her country, her language. I mean, she didn't really have any spoken language, but she was used to. She left everything. She left yeah. her, her caregivers, her foods that she's comfortable with. Um, and she's just embraced this life here. And embraced us as parents, which... You know, and sometimes she wakes up in the middle of the night and I just, I don't know if she's having a nightmare or what, but she crawls into my arms. When, when we first got her, she would wake up in the night and just rock her own self to sleep. She wouldn't make any noise Mm -hmm. because I'm guessing that's what she was taught to do. But now she cries and embraces me and, and, um, we're still working on a lot of stuff and we're, well, that's any parents. You're going to be constantly working on stuff with you because I'm sure even Georgia, as perfect as she is, yeah. her parents are still working on stuff with her. Yep. Yeah, but um, it's a, a beautiful and difficult journey, and um, there's lots of things. Serby's story is still being written. My story is mm-hmm. still being written. Mm-hmm. Um, Ariana, her story is still being written. Rachel's story is still being written. Georgia's yes. story is still being written. <laughs> well, um, Georgia, did you have any more questions about adoption or foster care that you were curious about or mm-hmm. anything about India? Yeah. She's we like, sure like having six here. minutes, you've talked about everything. <laughs> <laughs> this poor girl, she's been so patient. Um, well, listen to our gifts of gab. <laughs> I do, I love doing this mother thing with Rachel. I can't, I call her all the time, like, is this normal? And I'm almost going to get rid of the word normal in my vocabulary because every child is so different and so unique. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so good to know that someone else knows what I'm going through because something, and this might help you with anybody who, who raises children that are deemed different, adopted Mm -hmm. or a stepchild, or, um, it doesn't even have to be that. Maybe they came from a different country with their family or they have a special need or whatever it is. Um, be gracious and, and so, and try to help the parents as best you can, because a lot of times it seems like I'm being very strict with my daughter and then other times it seems like I'm being very lenient. You're like, mm-hmm. why are you letting her behave that way? Mm-hmm. And it's because we have to parent and it looks really different and my child needs things. Your child has been loved from the second they were conceived, like almost a lot of people, if that's their story. Um, my child didn't know me till she was almost three years old. And my daughter was left at a hospital. Her first foster parents really fought for her. But, I mean, her first couple weeks in the NICU, she had nobody except for the nurses there. She didn't have this person who was coming and visiting her every day. And she... What what, what would be one word you would use to describe your daughter, Ariana? Joy. (laughs) I mean, she is just joy as hard as it is and i'm and as i've as noticed i've been the way i've been talking about her in this podcast seems kind of negative and i don't want to come off of that because she is joy and i tell you she breathed life back into me and these toddler years are hard but along with it comes this such empathetic personality like she's so empathetic you should see her with her friends she torments them but then <laughs> could she's you like bite a, me mom <laughs> why'd she bite you 
I kick her in the face. Exactly. <laughs> probably but, deserved it then, Then chap. when somebody is, like, falling down on the playground, she's the first one to run up to them and rub their back and help them up. Or when she headbutted me the other day, then she was the one rubbing my face. Like, what did she Sorry, tell you? Mom. She Mommy. said, choose happy. Mom, have a happy heart. Like, and we say that all the time. And I'm like, okay, at least we're seeing some fruits, you know. And I do see growth in her. She's like it's, a Sour Patch Kid. She is. First, first she's, she's sour, sour. Then she's sweet. But, yeah, I mean, this motherhood thing, I honestly, I can't imagine my life without her. I can't imagine life before her. And all those kids, you know, I've loved every single child that's come through my door. Like they were her own. And I was even thinking about, remember little Michael the other day, that little one. Wasn't he like one of your first kids? He was one of my first little, I was thinking about my teenagers, you know, and how much I love them and miss them. But I know that Ariana was meant to be my forever child. And all those times that God said no, it's because he was having a really big yes. Mm-hmm. Well, so this was kind of um, a long one. Are we going to post this all together? No, I'll probably break it up into two. But um, this is like the night you were born story that you mm-hmm. tell your child. Um, and obviously we didn't even go into all the details. We did not even go close to the details. Like Rachel's court time. And there's other episodes where Rachel goes into that. But yeah, like how did you feel right after your court date like oh it just seemed unreal like it was cool because autumn came into town and all that stuff and it was the day after valentine's day so it was like and now we get to celebrate her gotcha day every february 15th we Mm -hmm. celebrate her gotcha day coming up i know we're gonna go to the bouncy place Mm -hmm. gonna go do some jumping gonna get my workout in sir become Oh, of course. No, she can't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, Serby loves jumping. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Oh, Natalie, she'll love this place. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this place in Boise called Wing Center, and it's awesome. I've Have you been there? there? We, um, we went there for Science Week my year. Oh, see? It's really fun. It's got, like, a bouncing place and places to climb. Serby's just going to love oh, it. Yeah. Um, but, yes, it was a lot. Yeah. But it's so worth it. If we can't iterate anything, if you're thinking about foster care or adoption, it is so worth it. The loss, the gain far outweighs the loss. And if you there think deep that losses this is hard for you. Amazing gains. Oh, it's and so people hard. say, why? one quote that I really love, they say, why would you choose adoption? And it's like these kids didn't choose to be orphans. Yeah. So it's like. You no, wanna, one no one chooses. No one chose to be an orphan. Orphan, and as much as you lose, there's so much more gain. And think about the loss of these kids. Like once, that's what I always say. It's the hardest thing, but it's the best thing because you will see the fruits. How many times do you not get to see the fruits of something in a lifetime? But you will see the fruits of adoption. Even yeah, it was uh, so good. Three months ago, my daughter was an orphan. I know. And now she's not and she's in a forever family Mm -hmm. and we are together forever and god's just sewn us together it's i thought there was going to be this epiphany moment where i would just like feel like a mom all of a sudden it was like two weeks into it um serbia had been sick with this really terrible cold i got a cold um we were you know living in a hotel room a teeny hotel room just trying to survive on you know takeout and and rice and and uh and I was just like, when am I just going to like, when is it going to click? Isn't there like supposed to be this big aha moment? And I realized it's just, it was so 
meant to be. It was so how it was supposed to be from the beginning of time that when she came into my arms, it was so natural and so normal. Mm-hmm. And we definitely had like some very difficult first days um, with feeding and things like that and getting her to trust us. But it w- if you see her even now, such a short time later, she has trusted us and, and grown. And um, I mean, it's a miracle. There's so many miracles, miracle after miracle after miracle. So many times where we should have had something bad happen to us and something good happen to us. You mm-hmm. know, Zach had to take off three extra weeks of unpaid leave that we didn't plan on. And the day he gets back and goes right back to work, he gets a raise and a promotion. Yeah, who gives somebody a raise after they've been missing work for like a month and a half? <laughs> and, like... and they were so supportive of us being gone and the reason we had to be gone, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, though that is just one miracle of provision. And then family members who are like, we noticed you were gone so long, we wanted to give you a, a gift to help you. And um, a gift is like an understatement of the century. So, and... And Rachel, you probably feel this way too, that there's some things that you could not have planned for them to happen the way they happen. Mm-hmm. It was only God. Mm-hmm. And so, anyways, mm-hmm. yeah, we are the Insta Mamas. One day I was not a mom, and the next day I was. And so, Insta Mamas! And, <laughs> so, and, and same with Rachel. One day she did not have a kid in her home, and the next day she did. And then one day, it's it's just like the day... Well, it's funny you're talking about the aha moments. There was never like that aha moment for myself either. But I had kids in my home for a while now. And I started out as a foster parent. And it's so funny because the one time that I'm like, oh, I'm actually her mom now, was when we were at church and she got a big... She fell off something and the Sunday school teacher was like, oh, she has a big bump on her head. And I went to take a picture to send to her social worker because anytime foster kids get a bump or a bruise, you have to document it. And I went to pull out my phone to take a picture of her bump and I was like, wait a minute, I don't have to take a picture. You go bump that head, girl. You go be a toddler now. <laughs> and so that was kind of cool. I was like, oh yeah, I never have to document an injury ever again with you. You get to be a normal kid. You get to climb trees and... Scrape your knees. Exactly. Well, let's uh, start to wrap this up. So before we do our outro, we should just give you a little bit of a update on our health uh, journey. We are still trying to do Keto and Code Red Strong. Obviously, I had to take a little hiatus from it while we were in India. It was just, I mean... And then coming back, you caught a parasite that yeah. just threw you off the rails and you couldn't eat anything pretty yeah, much. Yeah, I was really sick and then lost weight in a not healthy way. And then once I was finally well enough to eat, then I ate a lot of stuff I wasn't supposed to. So um, in 2019, I lost a total of 60 pounds. And Natalie. I lost 47 pounds. Woo! Natalie, that's awesome. I'm just like so amazed by you. <laughs> um, if you go to Natalie's Instagram. Natalie underscore clean living 1990 yeah i no longer have an instagram page because creepy people yeah (laughs) um so anyways you can see natalie's gonna post some progress pictures on there soon so you can just see what code red has done in our lives and we love you all and we hope everyone is having a good week we just want to thank georgia again for joining us thank you for joining us georgia being so patient as we gabbed and gabbed and gabbed (laughs) away All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week for another thrilling episode of The Instamamas. Well, that was really long. 
Thank you so much for listening to the first half of this half of this episode. If you haven't gone and done that, the second half will not make a lot of sense. So go back and listen to that one. Um, we're just talking about our gotcha day stories, Rachel and I, for our daughters. So we're going to finish up our India story here in the second half of this podcast episode. So thanks for tuning in and thanks for listening. <laughs>